You are listening to the Chasing PRs podcast. And today it's all about the New York City Marathon. If you want to know all the juicy details, I'm joking. If you want to know how my marathon went, the good, the bad, the ugly, how I ended up in the medical tent, you don't want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. Hi. We are your hosts, Rochelle Weeks and Diego Alcubierre, and with over 20 years of combined experience in coaching and physiotherapy, we created this podcast to help everyday runners who want to make the most out of their training and achieve new personal records while managing work, family, and life outside running. Welcome. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chasing PRs. I am Diego. I'm Rochelle. And it's ha we're happy to be back. Right? Yeah, we took a little break. A little break. It we was, just missed one, I think, right? Yes, it was my fault. Eh? Don't, don't blame Rochelle about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, crazy, crazy life outside the podcast. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, we're happy to be back. Thank you for everyone that messaged us or told us, where the heck is the episode? From last week. A lot of people just want to know really bad how New York went. Because yeah. they've seen your Instagram or your post, but yeah. they want all the details, all the, I'm sure. Yes, she did. Yeah. You know, it was my most successful post ever in Facebook. It was like crazy. Everything I post on Facebook, it just, the thing I post on Instagram just automatically goes yeah. onto Facebook. And I get like, I don't know, 10 likes or something like that. That, that post got 1,500 likes. And more than 100 messages. Social media is so confused. I don't get it. Uh, but I'm happy that people uh, learn from it. Yeah. But it's, it's just weird. You've got lots of supporters. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, we're back. Um, and also, I think people loved Ashley's episode. Yeah. It was really I've, I've re-listened to it. I'm listening to it again now and taking notes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because there was so much in there, I felt like I needed to write some of it down. Yeah, right now I'm taking iron also. Uh, and I'm taking magnesium citrate. My my aunt has a lot of issues in in her joints. She even got a, a kneecap replaced, I think, a few months ago. And uh, she wrote to me like, oh, I'm taking this and all my uh, joint pain is gone. And I went, okay, I'm, I'm going to try it because my joints are in pain all the time. So uh, <laughs> let's see how it goes. We'll see how your back does. My back, my Achilles, yeah. my, my everything. <laughs> I started taking iron because I, I need to get blood work and just see if I'm actually low on iron. Yeah. Um, but I started thinking of it when I was listening to um, Featherstone Nutrition. She's Megan. I think her name is. Anyway, um, she was talking about having difficulty breathing if your iron is low. And I have asthma. But the last couple of years, like since moving to Ottawa, it's felt different. It's been more sitting on the couch in the evenings, it almost felt like someone was kind of sitting on my chest and I would take my emergency inhaler and it wouldn't work. So I've been waiting forever to get in to see a specialist about it. And then I was kind of like, huh, I wonder, because she had mentioned in, in this podcast, Megan Featherstone was in, that sometimes if your iron is low, it can affect your breathing, your oxygen. Okay. So, well, that makes sense. So I don't know if it's in my head or not, but that's gone. And okay. I feel like yeah. I have so much energy, like yeah. usually towards the end of the day, because I see patients from 9.30 to 5 most days with an hour break to like run or strength train. And usually by like 4, 4.30, I'm a little bit sluggish and that's gone. So now I'm just annoyed because I want to know I'm, I'm a runner and I like data. 
So I'm like, I wish I had my iron levels and, yeah, and then now cool. like to compare, but I'm going to have to book him with my family doctor. And, and I think I, I read that having more iron taking supplements, it's not like uh, bad because you just pee the extra iron. Yeah, it's not like you can overdose exactly. on iron. So yeah. it's, yeah. And I, my <laughs> it's husband... not that we're recommending that you take iron. Yes. Love work, I mean, go yeah. there. We're go. not sponsored by any sort of exactly. iron making company. But my husband's taking it too. And he's been noticing like this time of year, he gets really affected by the weather, yeah, like too. the dark evenings. And um, I'd say this is the first time since we met in 2010 that I haven't noticed he's got low energy and feeling kind of blah. He's like... Jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, huh, it's the Iron Maven. Well, yeah. And yeah. it was all, all me because Ashley's episode. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen yeah. to that. It will be very interesting. So I'm going to go run a 2.30 in Chicago, I'm pretty sure, because I'm on Iron now. 2.30? That's my, that's my that's new goal. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. Maybe, maybe 3.30. <laughs> no, you need to go faster than 3.30. Oh. Uh, well, Boston is a hard course. Yeah. And so is New York, which we're going to talk about. Yeah, we're going to talk about. You have to talk about your experience in New York. That's this episode. What this episode is about. Yeah. But let's talk about our training week really fast. Mm -hmm. um, it's the middle of fall. It feels like winter already. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday's run was really cold. Um, but what are you doing right now to prepare for Boston? I'm really focusing on strength, like two to three <clears throat> sessions a week, Mondays I and Fridays. Yeah, I'm. I really yeah, I, missed I'm it. I'm really surprised about your I know. answer. Very surprised. I'm, <laughs> I'm running a little less just to make room for the strength because I think it needs to be a big priority, especially with Boston being so hilly. So I'm strength training Monday and Friday, sometimes Wednesday, and then I'm running Tuesday, Thursday, uh, sometimes Friday, and then once on the weekend. So like four days a week, pretty much with strength. Okay. So I've only been running like forty kilometers a week. It's pretty low, but this week I'm going to do forty-five. And same with next week. And so my goal by like mid-December is to be at 50. Okay. And then my goal by early January is to be at 60. So then I'm setting myself up to build up towards 80, 90 for Boston. Awesome. I don't, I'm not like as obsessive with getting to 100 this time. I was kind of obsessed with that with Chicago. And I just find like winter's harder because we're yeah. in Ottawa. So the conditions aren't good. And I do think if I run a little less and prioritize strength more for Boston course, it'll do me. It'll do good. It, it helped you with the Boston half, right? Mm -hmm. Big time. I've never felt better. And I really, and I'm kind of following that same program. So there's a strength coach here at the clinic that designed a program for me for that. And I'm working with him again now. So cool. Yeah, it's going well. I already feel stronger. Like when I go to demonstrate stuff for patients in the clinic, I'm like, that feels better than <laughs> it did awesome. in August. You know that you are less than five months away from Boston? Yeah. I was talking with our friend Karen the other day, and she was like, yeah, I want to do a five month. Uh, training block and I was telling her that's today <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh today is five months out of yeah. Boston yeah. yeah I think Boston creeps up on you because so early yeah. it's like middle of April so it yeah just you're just getting the hang of uh, the new year and uh, you yeah. need to be training during the holidays yeah but yeah cool yeah so just yeah running less than normal but strength training more than normal cool. and just relaxing just relaxing yeah, yeah. that's my not my goal for for next year I've run it's been two weeks since New York. I've run four times. Yeah. You need that. You've I, had a crazy like marathon to marathon to marathon, not just Chicago and New York, but yeah. Marine Corps and Boston and, and Mississauga last year. Yeah. It's been like, yeah. A lot in a row. Marathon after marathon after marathon. But I'm happy with that. Um, 
my goal right now is just to beat my last year's mileage. So if last year in December I did 230 kilometers, I want to do this year 231 at least. So You're that's, not competitive at all. <laughs> no, but that's my only goal. To yeah. be honest. I want to, I think I, I, I try to simplify training this year, just running more, running how I felt, having some kind of structure. Okay. Thursdays in quotes, speed, because I didn't do the speed since July. Um, just simplifying, I, to be honest, I, maybe I can share this sometime, but in my phone, I have a, a, a notes app in the notes in the iPhone and I just have Monday, 18. Tuesday, mm -hmm. rest. That's all it says. And I just running how I feel. Uh, so this year, starting in December, it's going to be, okay, what did I do December 1st last year? Okay. 12 kilometers. Okay. 12.1. 12.1. And your, your yearly mileage this year must be a lot higher than yeah. last year. Like the total for the year. Yeah. It, I, this year is going to be the first time ever I crossed 3000 kilometers in a year. Wow. Yeah. And you got a seven minute PB to show for it. Yeah. So if I go. 4,000 kilometers this year. <laughs> yeah, you just need to quit your job. And yeah, but, I, but I've been doing a lot of strength training, but more, you know what? I want to get ripped just because. I, you need I a think, new goal now that I, you I was a really it. skinny teenager. When I, when I was like 10 or 11 years old in fifth grade, I wanted to play American football. And my dad took me to a team and I got into a team and everything. But they made them sign a waiver that your kid is too skinny and he might get injured. So oh. just sign this waiver. <laughs> and now you're like traumatized for life. Yeah. And when I was, um, and then I played basketball and I was like, cheat because my legs, legs were so skinny. If you see pictures of me at, you know, in seventh grade, my legs were like truss. And, um, now I have time. I have the energy, the knowledge. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've accomplished a lot of run with running in the past few years, so I'm going to keep running and yeah. I'm going to run my, my goal for next year is to run my fastest half marathon is my oldest. Oh PR. yeah. Okay. You've never really focused on the half marathon since I've known you. You no, always just no. do it in since, training since or ever. after. Never... Cool. Which one are you going to do? Petit train. Oh, good choice. Yeah. I did that one. It's my favorite of all the 15 halves. I'm it's the best. So yeah, I'm going to do that one. It's cool. my oldest PR, so that's my goal. And also. Yeah. So I don't have experience with creatine, but I've I'm got patients and family members and stuff who have used it and yeah. seen big, huge results. So you're taking it Yeah. Okay. I, I, I've gained two pounds in the last two weeks. And it's not from pizza? No. <laughs> <laughs> not so far. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. Uh, but yeah. Um, you're taking it easy. It's cool to have a goal that's not so uh, running focused. Like every, it, it's not time based. It's not like I want to do this in a marathon. I want to do this in a five. It's like you just want to get strong. And I think as a master's male runner, building muscle I mass. I feel so old when you say a master's of male no, runner. I I say I said it to someone at work the other day, and they they were like insulted, and I was like, I'm a master's runner too because it's over thirty five. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's, it's a term. It's it just sounds exactly like old. you have gray hair and yeah. lots of wrinkles, and you're over the hill, but yeah, it's it's a big deal after the age of 40. We we do lose muscle mass. So if you're focusing on building it, I think it's going to help. And I'm focusing running. on being consistent right now, so training every day. My gym sessions sometimes are 25 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I just ran 40 minutes. 
but I want to be active every every day doing something. Yeah, that's a great goal. I like cool. it. So let's talk about New York. Yeah, I'm excited. I feel this is a very genuine conversation because we really haven't had a good chance to no. talk about New York. Like I, a couple of things back and forth, like texting after the race was done, but I haven't been able to dive deep. Um, so yeah, what, I have a few questions for you. Okay. One, between Chicago and New York, I know we've talked about it a little bit on the podcast because we did do some episodes during that time. But how do you think that recovery went and how did you feel, start with physically, how did you physically feel between Chicago and New York? You know, other than my Achilles, I felt awesome. Okay. And mentally I was prepared, I was ready. Uh, everything flowed between Chicago and New York, except for my Achilles. So my goal was to, I, I ran Chicago on Sunday and I was running on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And other than my Achilles, everything was like a little sore, but okay, I, I can manage it. I just ran for 25 minutes, then I rested. Then on Friday, I, my goal was, was to run one day, rest the other, and two weeks after Chicago, be able to run a half marathon, easy, not racing, a long run. And I wasn't able to because of my, my Achilles, but other than that, I, I was feeling I was feeling energy levels were good and there was yeah. no regrets. You weren't like, oh my God, why did I do this? I can't believe I have to do another marathon. Like you were excited to do another one. The day after Chicago, no. <laughs> You're like, oh God, what did I something to? Every time I finish a marathon, it's like, why did I do this? Yeah. I don't get it. Why I, did I pay hundreds of dollars? To I suffered a lot. I cursed a lot during the marathon. Every time I finish a marathon, it's like, it's my last one. Yeah. And the next day I'm, okay, what's the next? I've heard even elite athletes say that when they're interviewed. They're like in the middle of the race going, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. And then they're like, the next like, day you the are, next okay, one. what's the they're next one? are looking at the Olympics and yeah. the trials. Yeah. And that happened also after New York. I suffered a lot in New York, way more than in Chicago. And uh, I was like, good thing I don't, I'm not doing Boston next year. And, uh, and I don't have a marathon planned for next year. I'm really happy about that. And a week after I was like, if a marathon is next week, can I still register? <laughs> it's like, I do three marathons in, <laughs> in like three months. That's normal. No, my body's feeling awesome. I, I, you, you don't get that feeling after a marathon that, okay, a few days you are sore, but I always feel that I'm in the, my best shape of my life after a marathon. So I just want to keep going and going and going yeah, and going. You want to find the next thing. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. How did the trip? to New York go because you drove no. to New York and like expo and and the food the night before like how did everything go leading up to it you know I, I usually travel two days before the race so the race was on Sunday I traveled on this time I traveled on Thursday and your whole family went with you yeah again, right? we yeah. picked up the, the kids from school Thursday a little early and we drove to New York uh we arrived really late at New York that time so the goal is to Friday in this case have a family day yeah so we went to the nickelodeon theme park then we went to the expo uh i had a cousin there we went to have dinner with them uh and just yeah usually and i did the same with chicago and boston two mm -hmm. days before it's 100 percent vacations and family thing and the next day i just do an easy run uh we do one little like touristy thing but I'm at my But it's hotel. pretty chill. And then you don't feel guilty. No. Because the day is kind of about you because you need to relax and chill. But you're like, I took you to so many things yesterday that yeah. I don't feel bad. No, no, no. Yeah. And my family is super used to it. So we went to a skyscraper um, yeah. Saturday morning. 
and then just have lunch at a pizzeria, really Italian pizzeria. There. It, was, <laughs> it was really fun and awesome. And we were at the hotel at three, or yeah. four, and they just resting, have pizza as always. Yeah, yeah and I, that's what you had the night before the race, pizza. Yeah, oh, I always do. That. Yeah, how uh, how was the expo compared to Chicago and Boston? Did they did they do a good job in New York? It was good, but it, I think Chicago was the best expo. Okay. Yeah. Just most available, more things available, like more, more things to stations do. and okay. I, I take into consideration my family, so things that they can draw or like uh, they can throw in a cornhole or okay, just like the experiences. And I think New York was really focused on photo ops. There okay. were like thousand opportunities for photo ops, lines and lines of people trying to get pictures in little squares and stickers on the floor and walls and but there there was not a really big experience okay i enjoyed chicago way more and did you get that you got the jacket i got the jacket and I you like that one more than chicago you know it's a quality wise i think it's the best one yeah from chicago boston and new york it looks thicker yeah like it looks like it'd be better for the canadian it was, winter it was more expensive yeah uh, but it's the best running jacket i got okay from Boston, Chicago, and New York. Quality-wise, yeah, I think it's, it's the best. Okay. And it, I think the color, the white one, is really nice. I do it's, like the white. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job. Yeah. Uh, I also got a visor. Of course. <laughs> Number 35. <laughs> I, I if like, anyone doesn't follow you on Instagram, they yeah. should, because they'll see all the different visors that you own. Uh, I have, like, almost 60 visors right now. Wow. Yeah, I've been collecting them all, over the years. Where do you put them all? In my closet. Just in a big bin. They're yeah. not like no, hanging on a no, wall. No, they're like in a, where you hang the hanger. Yeah. There's one part full of visors. Just visors. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just we 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 were there like an hour in the expo, maybe. Okay. My kids got bored. Did you do anything differently in the lead up to New York, fueling wise, hydrating, sleep? Like, did everything go well, or did you sleep well the few days leading up to it? No, everything. Fueling was the normal, nothing new. No, you kind of have it figured out now, I guess, because you've done every, so many. Everything flowed. Yeah. Okay. I when when I'm, for example, doing tourist things, I always have a Gatorade. Mm -hmm. I have two like snack protein bars, uh, and I'm just snacking all day. And instead of water, I'm just drinking Gatorade throughout the day. Yeah. That's when I changed for Chicago and I found it made a big difference. Yeah. I felt like it was easier to hit my target for carbs per day. If you drink a Gatorade, I think it was like 50 grams of carbs in the Gatorade I had. I can't remember now. Yeah. But it just made it easier. If you had two of those, that was like one-fifth of your daily. Yeah, yeah. even stuff. though we are being a tourist Friday and Saturday, I'm just really focused on, yeah. on fueling and just if we are at that big mall, I just tell them, okay, just go and I just sit down and eat a slice of pizza or a donut. Yeah. Just to Keep eating and eating and eating all day. Yeah. And lots of opportunity to do that in New York. Yeah. How about the morning? What time did you wake up and what was it like Chicago where you like we were up at four thirty in the morning and we had we were supposed to be there at five thirty. Was it like that or is New York a bit different? It's way different. New York is the most difficult marathon to get because you take a ferry or something, don't you? You, you, you need to choose because it starts on Staten Island. So it's a freaking island. So you have to get to the, so get to the island. And it's not a triathlon, so you can't swim there. Uh, so, and the thing is that there's only one bridge. I don't know if there's a, a bridge on the south, but going towards Brooklyn or Manhattan, there's only one bridge. Uh, so they need to ferry and bus 50 plus thousand people from Manhattan and that area to Staten Island 
before 7 a.m. Before 7 a.m. Because they need to close the bridge because when you all the runners go back to... Because it's the only way to get off. It's the only way to get off. Oh, wow. So there's 50,000 people going in before 7 a.m. because they need to close the bridge so you, need, you can run back. And what time does the race start? At 9. Oh, That's, so you're just standing around forever. Forever. Well, I start at 9. There's people that start at 11. 30. And they had to be over the bridge at 7, at seven. as well. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So it's, it's, it's crazy. So it, it was a really, I needed to get up. I need to take the bus at 5.30. It's like an hour and change drive to Staten Island. And then you just do nothing for Imagine two it was hours. raining, like nowhere to sit because the ground soaked and you're just kind of standing in the rain. That yeah, must be... and it's not like in Boston, for example, they also need to bus you to the start line. But... There's two things. One, I think the organization in Boston is brilliant. Uh, I, I was in wave one and I was at this 5.30 bus, but there were people in wave four or five that were going to start at 11 in the wave one, in the 5.30 bus, because they everything everyone needs to get there before seven, right? So it's chaos. It's thousands and thousands of people. And, and this is New York you're talking about now, York. yeah. And Boston's Bo not like that. No, in Boston because... They don't use the bus route as the running route. Buses go like... They, they go. just go all day. Yes, exactly. So if I'm starting my race at 9, for example, in Boston, I can't remember the time. I think it was 10. Uh, the bus, it was at 7 yeah. or 8. It wasn't that that early. And in Boston, they have these big tarps, or not tarps, like carps. Yeah. Uh, where you can sit down and you are... Contained from the elements. So they don't do that in New York. No. So what did you do for the whole time? You were, were you just standing around, or I just sat down like a with all your throwaway clothes on? Yeah, for two hours. Wow. They have Dunkin' Donuts, uh, coffee, and they give. They have plenty of food. If you're hungry, they give bagels, uh, Gatorade, and that's all free at the start line. Yeah, oh, coffee, wow. uh, like Gatorade, uh, protein bars. Uh, jail. I didn't see any of that in Chicago, but I guess it's different because you're not waiting around as long. You no, get there in Chicago, yeah, we needed to be there at five thirty, and the race started at seven. Yeah, so it just—it's not even that much time because you get in, you tie up your shoes, you drink uh, something, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden you need to go to your and then you're going exactly. But no, it okay. was so painful. It was like eight thirty, and I was already yawning and super tired, needing and, a nap. Yeah. So how did you get yourself motivated and energized? Like when it's come time for the race to start, did you have to work hard to get into it? Or yeah. was it just like, okay, I'm good. Let's go. No, I, I actually took one of my jails before. Uh, With caffeine? Yes. Okay. I did that. And you don't normally do that? No. But you did it because you were like, I need to wake up yeah, and run a marathon right up. now. And they, then they, you are in this like athlete's village, right? Huge, huge. Um, and then they put you into your corals. And we were there like 30 minutes in the corals before they took us to took us to the starting line. So it's a lot of weight, a lot of weight, mm -hmm. a lot of weight. And I didn't enjoy that at all. Could you do a warm-up? Because I found in Chicago it was hard to do a warm-up. You had to do it and then get into your corral. You definitely couldn't do it in the corral. Right, the same thing here. You need to do it before your corral. And yeah. your corral, there's, there's, there, there's, if I remember correctly, they say there were like 900 people per coral. Wow. So at the beginning, it's, you have a little... Space, but at the end, like 10 minutes before they move you to the starting line, you are you don't have space to, mm -hmm. do, to do anything. So, what did you do for a warm-up? Did you do one? Uh, 
I did one before going to the coral. I did my yeah. normal mobility routine, my A skips, B skips, but mm-hmm. then it was like 30 minutes without that. Uh, but everyone is in the same in the same boat. Yeah. So it's just getting used to that. Okay. Yeah. So, I didn't enjoy it, to be honest. Yeah. That part, morning part, I didn't. Yeah, I don't think I would either. I was telling our friend, my, I, I think I told this in the podcast before, but my goal is to run the six majors in under three hours. And I ran New York in three hours, one minute and 40 something seconds. Yeah. And I'm not that mad about the time, but I'm mad that I need to go and do New York again. Yeah. You have to do, you have to get the bus or get the ferry. Yeah. And go I don't think I will, I, I will do that marathon again. Yeah. If I, if it wasn't for that. So you will do it again because you want to go under, will you go to all the others first, get under three and then come yeah. back to New York? Okay. Yeah. So maybe you'll be more at peace with it by then. Yeah, or maybe and, it'll... You, you know, I read a lot and there's these, I, I, you know, I terrible, I'm terrible with names, but I think you sent me that or Jerry sent me that like an hour long webinar of Chicago. I think you sent me that. Oh, Jerry sent that. Jerry sent yeah. that. Well, I found the same thing for New York for the same girl that lives in New York. And okay. it was super useful. If you Google it, if you're going to run Chicago, New York, Google it. She does these like hour long webinars and she explains everything. It's like the expo and yeah, getting to everything. The start. Really, really well explained. I love details it. Details big time. So I watched, I watched the Chicago one. It helped a lot. I found the New York one. It helped a lot. And I was, in quotes, prepared for these three hours of yeah. waiting before the start. Yeah. But imagine I, if you didn't know, wasn't. if you just showed up in your shorts and your singlet and thought you were like, I wasn't prepared. Away. Even after watching that, yeah, just because it was so it's just long, too much, too yeah. long, too long, too long. And there's no really a place to see it or to even to light to put your back against a wall or something. Do you know what we need? Those camp chairs that me and Crystal got for our canoe trip this summer. I saw they a lot fold of, up. I saw just I saw people with like floaties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd have to throw it away, I guess. Yeah. It's the only crappy thing, but maybe get donated. One thing that surprised me a lot it was that I saw people. I I think they didn't know this. But I saw people in the athletes' village with the one hundred and thirty dollars jackets. Oh no! That they bought the day before, and you can't run with. So they threw away uh, the brand so new they, jacket. Do you think they just ran with it on? I didn't with see anyone running it, running with it, but I oh. saw a lot of people using it in the athletes' village, and I think I don't think they know. Maybe they were going to try to throw it to a family member on the I course, or yeah, something. but that's what risky. Is, that's risky. Ooh. But yeah. Um, so. The gun goes off and your crowd starts. Like, how did the race, let's talk about the race now. Yeah. How did it go? Like, maybe divide it up into two halves. Like, how did the first half marathon of the race go? And then how did you do with the last? Because I know I was tracking you and a lot of listeners probably were too. <laughs> so it was like estimated finish. And I was like, oh, he's, you know, going for his A goal. Yeah. It's 250. And then it was like, okay, it's getting a little bit slower. And then eventually it was like three hours. And I was like, oh, shit, he wants to go under three. And then when I saw your time, I was like, oh, God, he's not going to be happy with that. Just because you, it's so fast after doing Chicago, but your biggest goal is to go under three and then you missed it by less than two minutes. Yeah. How, how did that all play out? And how did you like reframe things in your head with regards to goals? Were you like, okay, A goal, okay, that's not going to happen. Now B goal, that's not going to happen. You know, I, I got a, a pace van the day before. Yeah. And I, I liked that about Chicago, that they had a, even they had two ferry pace vans in New York, sorry. And in Chicago, the fastest pace band they had was three hours. Oh, so I yeah. didn't use one. But in Europe, they have that 245. That was, it was the fastest I saw. I don't know if there were faster yeah. pace bands. But I got the 250 pace band. Um, 
I, I assume like in Chicago that the GPS wasn't going to work. So every mile I lapped and saw my pace and I saw my pace mm -hmm. back and I was like, that's, that, that's a goal. I also analyzed the course a lot and there are four or five bridges uh, and the first mile is uphill. The, the first mile is all up. Wow. All uphill. But the second mile is down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I was expecting for that first mile to go slower. It was like 30 seconds slower than my, what I wanted to do. But it, okay, part of the plan. It's understandable. I need to pick that, those, start to pick, to catch up those thir 30 seconds in the next few miles. Uh, so the next, the next mile is downhill. So I wasn't expecting to go 30 seconds faster than yeah. I expected the goal time. Uh, but maybe 20, 15 seconds faster. Uh, I was able to do like 15 seconds faster, but it felt way harder than I expected. So from that point on, I thought this is going to be a hard race. Right from the get-go when you did from the mile up and then down. A mile down. I, I didn't okay. feel as fast on the mile down as I intended to. I was expecting to. And I was like, okay, I did this mile at my marathon goal pace, but it felt, it was downhill and it felt really, really hard. Yeah. So uh, it was 24 miles more to go and I was so did you change your goal then or were you yeah. like, I'm going to try to hang on and just see if I can do it? Because that's yeah. what I did in Chicago. And that's what I did. I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm going at way too fast and this yeah. pace bunny, I don't know what they're doing, but I'm just going to see if I can stick with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, no, yeah. I, I, I tried to, I think my goal was, I can't remember right now, but it's 628 per mile. Okay. For a 250 mile or 623, one of those. Uh, so I, I every mile, okay. The first mile, it was like seven minutes per mile. The second one was like six minutes per mile. The third one, I started to go at 620. Whatever, whatever I needed to do, I can remember. It was okay, 620, 620, 620, 620. And I was, I think from that mile to mile 13, I was able to sustain that pace. But it, it was feeling really, really hard. And it that was, was your A goal pace. Yes. Like for the first half marathon, you could, you did it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then at mile like, between mile 14 and 15, it's the second big bridge that goes from Brooklyn to Manhattan. Um, I ran that bridge the day before. It was during my shakeout Your run. shakeout, yeah. Uh, and it was, <laughs> I ran it the day before and oh shit, it's feeling hard now. It's going to feel, feel way harder tomorrow after 13 or 14 miles. Uh, and it felt, yeah, it, it was, I think after that bridge, it was, I just, I just was looking at my pay and my watch and my wristband. I, okay. I lost a minute in that mile. Yeah. Like I'm at what? I'm, I'm at 251. The second, oh, I lost another minute. Oh, I lost another minute. Yeah. I was losing, not every, not, not a, a minute every mile, but every two or three miles, I was losing a minute. Okay. Uh, and I was just like, oh, you need to push harder. You need to push harder. At what point did you give up on the 250 goal and make a new goal? Were you like, okay, 250 is not happening, so I'm going to do blank? You know, I always try to, come back to the 250 pace. Yeah. It was okay. I'm at, I'm at the 253 right now, but if I can sustain this pace I'm doing right now, I will finish in 253. Okay. And when 255 hit, it was the same thing. Okay. I'm at 255, but I need to sustain this pace to finish at 255. So every, yeah. every time it was the same, the same thought. In Chicago, you had, you had done up a pace plan for a positive split. Yeah. Right? Did you do that in New York? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I did this exact so same So you plan. were kind of supposed to slow down yeah. as you got to the second half. Is the second half harder than the first? No. Uh, I, think that, I think that's really hard in New York. For me, at least. 
And our friend Mike, that ran also New York, I, I texted him like, well, how was your race? And in that, it, it's called the Queensboro Bridge. He said, after that bridge, my race went to, to shit. Yeah. And it was, for me, it was the same thing. That yeah. freaking bridge is hard and painful. And, I, and it comes in the second half of the race when you're yeah. starting to be like, okay, I'm running a marathon. And then in the last few kilometers, I think from 35 to 40, you're running on Fifth Avenue South and it's up all oh. the time. It's like two or three kilometers uphill. You Just can, a slow, gradual if you're, one. If you're walking it, you don't feel it. Yeah. But if you're running it, it's like, why can't I go faster? It's like, I, I know I can run at a 4.30 pace per kilometer right now. Why am I going at 4.40 and it's feeling freaking mm -hmm. hard so it's uphill uphill, uphill. Just a sneaky so i think fine. that's the hard part in in i was talking to our to our friend carmel the other day and and jerry and it was which one you find harder boston or new york and everyone i've been talking to it, new york is harder yeah you said the same thing you found new york because you start with a mile uphill and then you have two or three bridges in in between and then at the in the last few kilometers you have fifth avenue uphill and then you enter to central park and it's a little downhill uphill, a little downhill, uphill, mm -hmm. downhill uphill, and you and the last i don't know three four hundred meters you turn right and it's another freaking uphill oh. it's, it's small you know it's not like if you if you're standing like right there Chicago. exactly if you're, <laughs> that, no, tiny, that tiny it, little incline in chicago it, it's not that steep okay it's like more gradual but when you're running and you're half 42 kilometers in your legs it's like that's a hill and at that point you've done a lot of hills like in chicago there was barely any incline and then you get to yeah. that little hill at the end and everybody tells you about it but in new york it's like yeah. your legs are toast at that point and i think if you compare it to boston boston is downhill the first half yeah i i can remember if it started at kilometer 16 or 21 the first hill but you know the first 16 kilometers are going to be really easy and you actually need to pull yourself back and mm -hmm. go slower because it's so freakingly easy and there's four big hills in new york and then in Boston, and then you you start going downhill again. So the last seven kilometers are really easy in Boston. Yeah. And in New York, it's like it's it never gets it, it just never gets, gets easy. So did you have a hard so mentally, like physically, you were you were struggling right from the get go, and yeah. you were just trying to barely hang on. How were you doing mentally? Were you like? trying to stay positive and setting new goals or were you like cursing yourself in the race and being like, you know, screw this marathon. This is way too hard. Like, how were you, how yeah. was your headspace? It, it was good enough. I yeah. think, uh, I was just so focused on my pace and my time that I didn't think of anything else, mm -hmm. to be honest. I was just every mile, every mile lapping, lapping. Oh, I, I, I don't want to lose the mile marker because I really know want, want yeah. to know my pace. I was so focused on my pace all day that uh, I'm just struggling to keep that pace that I didn't have time to think any other things. Yeah. Did you, are the crowds as good as they say? I've heard New York has like the best spectators and that they like really pull you through. Is that I, true? Do you think? I liked more Boston. Boston, yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, one, because I don't know, I, I, th I feel like in Boston there were crowds all the time. Mm-hmm. And in New York, there are two or three parts where, where you are crossing the bridges, for example. The first two miles, there's no wonder. Oh, that must be so weird. There's yeah. no wonder. Uh, then when you cross the Queensboro Bridge, that is one of the hardest parts of the course, they don't allow uh, spectators in that part either. So, so it's the hardest part and you have no It's like oh, another two kilometers yeah. just by yourself. 
And when you get to the Bronx, it's really quiet. There's a few people down there. There, there are a few parts. I think it was in Brooklyn where the crowds were huge and awesome. And there was one point in, in a beautiful place. I don't, I don't know where we are. We were, <laughs> but it was beautiful. It was full of trees, like cafes with pi pi patios and uh, crowds and crowds and crowds. And they, they were so many people that instead of having I don't know, there were three or four lines of, of road. Runners were running in one road. So you just follow in because there were so many crowds, 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 oh, wow. and you were cheering. And that, that part was really fun. But I, there are two things about, obviously I'm comparing everything to Chicago and Boston because yeah. I just run, ran them in the last nine months, all of them. Uh, but it's my feeling that in Boston, people are cheering because they want to cheer. So they cheer to everyone. And I, I felt like there were tons and tons and tons of people in New York, but a lot of them were just sitting around waiting for their runner. I've heard, I don't remember where I heard that, but I, I heard that somewhere. Maybe it was on the Alley on the Run podcast or something, but I've, I've heard that before. That yeah. they're not, you know, if you're going to stand there and wait for your runner, you might as well cheer for yeah. the other thousands of runners that exactly. are needing your energy. Don't get me wrong, there were... Tons of people cheering and yeah. big signs and people giving high five. But I felt like in Boston, everyone was cheering for for everyone. Yeah. And um, in Chicago, there were a lot of people. In New York, sorry, I'm getting a lot confused I know. a lot. You're like, where am I right now? Am I in Ottawa? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, okay. I, I, I like them more in Boston. So do you want to talk about the finish? Yeah. Because that's when... Yeah. Things didn't go so well. Like you finished, yeah. you were able, you ran across the finish line, right? Yeah. Like, did you describe the last kilometer? Because once you crossed the finish line, you were, you weren't well, yeah. but what did that last K look like? Uh, it was the, the last 800 meters were really hard because I saw my family at mile 14 and then we were planning to see the, I was to see them at like 1K from, from the finish line. So, um, I saw them. I love to see them. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then on the, on the finish line, I, I, my cousin was also going to be there. And I was looking for them on the left side because that's where we think we were, they were going to be able to, but they were on the right side. So I was just, I slowed down a lot, like, where the heck they are? Where the heck are they? And they, I just heard, oh, Diego, on the right. And I just got a glimpse of there. And yet you, you turn right there. So you're finishing Fifth Avenue. You turn right. I have no idea what the street is. Yeah. Um, and I saw the 800 meter mark and I saw my watch and it was 2.58. And I, I thought, I've run 800 meters in two minutes before. I think I can do it again. And uh, Ever I, at the end of a marathon. <laughs> I started to <laughs> run faster and faster and faster. My, my hamstrings started to, to cramp a lot. So I need to slow down. But um, I had a very complicated week before. Mm -hmm. So I thought like, okay, I need to push. I need to give absolutely everything. I don't care my time. I need to feel like I gave everything and I like, yeah, I think that. Yeah, you just wanted to like empty the tank completely. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter the the, the time. So I, I, I started to do that. And uh, I just, I crossed the finish line uh, and I, I was thinking, okay, don't fall down, don't fall down, don't go to the, med the medical tent, don't go. As you're running? No. Or like, once you finish? Once, once okay. I finish. Once you cross. I crossed and I was like, okay. So you weren't feeling well. Holding together? No. I was really dizzy. 
I was really, really dizzy. I wanted to sit down or just lie down, but I was like, don't be that loser that goes into to be honest, that's what, I, that's what I was thinking. They take your medal from you if you end up in the medical tent. They are not a finisher then. They they just say, like, you're a sham. I don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, I, okay, I, okay, I got my medal. I got my... They give you... That, that's awesome about New York. They give you this bath with everything inside. It's not like all other marathons. That, oh, there's a banana. There's a game. Yeah, Chicago was like, when is this like parade of food gonna end it was so weird but you, if you don't get a bag before they give you i, I didn't yeah, get I didn't. then you got it all on your arms and there's no yeah i was it. i was feeling like that like oh shit what i do with all this food and yeah. everything but in new york they give you this beautiful uh string bag with yeah. everything inside so just here's here's everything i love that yeah and then they give you this really cool poncho instead of these like blankets that they keep in every marathon they give you a really cool poncho with fleece and Really? Proof. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh wow! Do you keep it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think if you cool. do, if you if you do New York, you can use it for Boston, for example, next year, or New York next year as a throwaway clothes. They're yeah. Really, really cool. That's interesting. I like yeah, that. That's really okay. awesome. Um, and I was okay. Don't go into the makeup tent, please. Just keep walking, keep walking, keep walking, walking. And there was one point that I can, I can. I just sat down, and immediately someone approached me. Hey, how are you feeling? I mean, I'm super dizzy. Can you stand up? I don't think I can stand up. Okay, let me call someone. Uh, and this was a volunteer? Yeah. Well, so they must have been they, watching you. Oh, no. They have like hundreds of EMT volunteers. Hundreds. Wow. Every Everywhere you look, there was a guy with a red vest ready to help. And, um, okay, what's your beep number? She took my beep number. I'm going to get go get someone. Someone got there with this like golf cart. They put me on a stretcher. And... Uh, Okay, let's just drive you to the to the medical. They drive you to the medical tent, um, and they already have your all your medical information. It's awesome. Just because they have your bib number. Yeah. yeah. So I have twenty five oh six right now, and okay, yeah, I have his. They have a clipboard with your bib number and everything. You yeah, if you you're feel. allergic to anything. Exactly. Did they have to call Val? Like, did they have your next of kin contact and need to call him? I, I I don't know if they shipped me fast enough from there. To, to yeah. call my wife, uh, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, but they have, it was awesome. It, oh, yeah, 2506, it's already admitted. He's on bed, I can yeah. remember. So, wow. It was impressive. I was really impressed. And I was, okay, they, they lied me down. What are you, it, like, like a lead doctor came, come, mm -hmm. and what are you feeling? Like this and this. Okay, give him salt and Gatorade and start massaging his legs. And I was like, it was me and like five people looking out for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, it was like some massage therapist and interns and the, the doctor came every once in a while. Okay, how are you feeling? Okay, give him, give him more of this. So uh, at one point, they, they put my legs up and my ankle started to, to cramp like crazy. And okay, let, we need to, to stand him up. I don't know. Uh, so they helped me to stand up. Uh, okay, you walk around, have more salt, some Gatorade. How are you feeling? Okay, now I'm feeling good. Okay, good. Like, yeah, on to the next. <laughs> on to the next one. On to the next casualty. Yeah. No, but the... Wow. The, That's your first time ending up in yeah. the medical tent with yeah. all the marathons you've done. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> is this your first marathon? It's, this is not my first, my first marathon. <laughs> like, this is my third this year. Yeah. <laughs> I, but yeah, my, 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 my mindset crossing the finish line is, please don't ask for help. Yeah, I do. I don't want to be that guy that asks for help. 
uh, but at the end, I needed to. It's a good thing that they were watching you, though, because you don't know, maybe you would have passed out and yeah. fallen and hit your head or like yeah. they were kind of on you pretty quickly. You, and you know, you never think it's going to happen to you, that it's got, something severe is going to happen to you. But this past weekend, I have a friend that died in a trail. Really? In Mexico. In, in the water portion or no, afterward? It, no. Wow. Uh, I think it, on the bike, he slowed down and they took him to the hospital and he mm -hmm. died there. Wow. And you, he was a 49-year-old guy, fit. He's been doing triathlons for years and years and years, and you never know. So um, on his side, I think next time if I'm feeling bad, I'm going to go get attention as yeah. fast as possible instead of trying to be hard. And, it no, is a I, funny thing that we because, do. It's like we're yeah. embarrassed that we're not feeling well and we need medical attention, but sometimes that happens like someone in a restaurant doesn't feel well and, the, and they go to the bathroom because they're having chest pain and then they're like something they die in the bathroom because yeah. nobody's there to help them like yeah. where it's really weird human thing that we do when we don't feel yeah. well we just want to like take off and right now i think if, if there uh all these resources to have medical things and i think literally there were hundreds of emts there mm -hmm. ready to help if they are there just ask for help it's way better than, uh, yeah, and there's yeah, nothing I, embarrassing about it. If no, anything, it just means you literally gave it your all. Not that, like, in order to say that you yeah. worked as hard as you possibly could, you have to end up in the medical tent. Yeah. But if you do, it's nothing to be embarrassed of. No, and but, but I, I, that that mindset of that that thought yeah. crossed my my mind for sure. And it was like I've seen professional triathletes or marathon runners faint after mm -hmm. finishing a marathon. And my, my, it was, yeah, but they run it in two hours and five minutes, right? They have like an excuse to yeah. feel that way or to give everything. But you are giving everything based on your, what you are able to, mm -hmm. to do. So I didn't have one second faster in that marathon. And uh, I think, yeah, lesson learned, ask for help. Yeah. That, that's why they have so many resources towards us. And I think with the, with the people who are more towards the back of the pack of these races, they're more vulnerable because they've been out there longer. Yeah. Like if you're a five-hour marathoner, you're going to be more at risk of ending up in the medical tent just because I, you've yeah. been out there so long compared and to usually a usually it's hour hotter, run. right? Yeah. Because they are running at 2 p.m., 3 mm -hmm. p.m., 4 p.m. I finished at 12. But it, it was late because the, my marathon starts really late. Yeah. But uh, if you are finishing at 2, the heat is peak, the sun, is, the sun was out. Um and I think it, I, I just got dehydrated. Yeah. It's, and so when you came out, you walked and was your family concerned? Because they would have seen you go by. Yeah. And then they're like, where is he? Were yeah, they worried? Because, yeah, a little. Yeah. Because you don't run with your phone, right? So it's not like you could have texted them and been like, yeah, no. hey, I'm past doing a medical tent. Be right out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I told them it's going to take 30 to 40 minutes from when you see that I cross the finish line. Do when I come out, yeah. it's going to take 30 to 40 minutes. And that's so, if you're feeling okay and you can walk. Right yeah, away. exactly. So yeah. it took me like hour and 15 minutes to get out of there. And there's this one thing that um, you walk a lot. I think in every big marathon, yeah. you, you walk a lot because they need to funnel people, give you everything. And But in this case, I think I walk at least four kilometers. After? Yeah, oh, because wow. you finish and then you walk up, you walk up like, I don't know. 10 blocks and then you turn left and you walk back another 10 blocks but the thing is that there's this one 
exit, like the first exit after after the marathon, they already gave you everything, right? And there's this one exit, and there's this sensor that it's telling, and it was telling my wife, okay, Diego is out of the recovery zone. And from there to the family reunion were like another 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. One, because it's a long walk. Two, because I was walking really slow. Yeah. Yeah, you weren't, it's not like you jumped into the medical tent and thought, oh, I feel great. Like you'd exactly. still was, just run a three-hour marathon. I and, was running really yeah. slow and taking it easy. So that's why my wife, my wife, when my wife got concerned that he's already out and he's not here 25, 30 minutes after mm -hmm. what, what the heck is happening. And it's just a matter of timing. They assume as soon as the first exit is available, there, there's a sensor that, they, okay, mm -hmm. they was out of the, but the, the family reunion was way away. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's hard. Yeah. And the tracker doesn't really work. Like you've got a little app that tracks you, but I think once you cross the finish line, it can't there's this, tell they, people where they, you are then, right? No, but there's this second thing. So they, they tell you, okay, you finished and then you got out of the recovery yeah. zone. Yeah. That's the first thing in, in Boston or in Chicago. I didn't see that you're out of the recovery zone. This one is so long that they tell yeah. family members in the app, okay, he's out. But other than that, it's just another 10 blocks of walking towards the family reunion. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Which I, I really wonder what some people do when they're really injured during the marathon and they barely finish how they do that. Like if you've hurt your knee or your hip or your foot and you've got to like hobble like that. That's you know, I asked once, I, I can't remember what marathon, but my, my, my Achilles was hurting a lot. And I asked her, can you give me a ride in the wheelchair? And someone told me, yeah, but I need to take you to the medical. Oh, okay. No, I want to ride to so the So you've exit. got to be bad enough that exactly. you need medical if you, attention. <laughs> if you use the wheelchair or the stretcher uh, in the gold cart, they take you yeah. immediately to the medical tent. Like, does the medical tent have crutches that I can <laughs> use to hobble back to my family? Uh, wow. Yeah. So are you glad you did both? Like looking back, oh, yeah. would you change 100%. anything? Like no. you feel like you learned a lot and it was worth doing both? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And I, how has your recovery gone since uh, since New York? Well, you run four times. Four, I run four times. Uh, my Achilles is still bothering me a little, but uh, I'm taking it easy. And yeah. yeah, my next goal is to run this half marathon and just improve my mileage month after month. No, I'm no regrets at all. Yeah. I think I could run Berlin, Chicago, and New York in yeah. the same six weeks. As long as the Achilles yeah. gets fixed in the off season. And I think that's part of evolving as a as a runner, just being able to do harder things and these crazy things. Everyone says, okay, you need to rest months and months of, after mm -hmm. a marathon. Uh, and I was telling this to my wife. I see a lot of runners, they run a marathon or... 5k or half marathon and they take too much time to recover mm -hmm. and um, i think that's a smart thing to do in the short term because you're going to be better prepared for the next build but in the long term the more you run and the more you i think i wrote you this like i want to teach my body to recover while mm -hmm. running and you said yeah but not while you're injured <laughs> i think what i always say to runners if they're injured and they're running and they're building, they're running a little bit more and a little bit more. Because I have a lot of patients who are actively injured who I have running. Usually I just say, easy, flat, as long as it's not worse the next day, you're good. But if the general trend is that you're running a little bit more and a little bit more and that your pain is slowly decreasing, then you're winning. But if you're running a little bit more and more and the pain is staying the same and it's your off season, fix that. Because yeah. as soon as you go to start your next build, the pain is still there and you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. But uh yours is improving. 
right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I've and I've listened to you, and I haven't run that <laughs> that yeah. much. Uh, but yeah, I think it just, in my opinion, and for me, being able to run with needles mm-hmm. and with pain and with sore legs, and for me, it's way better to run after a marathon if I'm not injured in sore legs and teach my my body to recover while running. Yeah. And I think that's helped over the last 10, 12 years that I've been running consistently to improve, 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 improve. Instead of, okay, I run a marathon, I feel great. I, I achieved my new, my PR. I'm going to rest for one month or two months mm-hmm. and I'm going to barely run and then I'm going to pick it up. You just lost, in my opinion, two months of running, yeah. of, of mileage. I feel like it's a combo of what's your next goal? Because right now, if someone's like, oh, I'm just not in the mood to run, but they have a marathon in April, what you're doing in November and December is going to set the stage for yeah. the mileage you can do in the winter. But then sometimes runners get like burnt out and they just need a break. And and I'll tell them like, stop until you feel like you're motivated to run again. But then I always want to reevaluate their previous training block because it's like, why did that happen? Yeah, that's what you I was going to say. probably did way too much. If you are burnt Born out, it's because you ran too much. Yeah. And you probably and, followed a program that this is where the off, like the online programs can get people in trouble because you say, okay, I want to do a marathon in under four hours. And you find a plan that does that. And it involves six days of running, one long run, two speed sessions. And really, you can't actually fit that into your life, but yeah. you do it anyway. So you get up at 4 a.m. to get your runs. And even though it means like six hours sleep a night, and you like skip family functions and things with friends and that makes you feel guilty. So then you're, you're kind of mentally burnt out because yeah. really you, sh- you had no business being on that schedule in the first place. Yeah. So I think that gets people in trouble. They just need a custom one where it's like what actually fits into your life. Yeah. And I think you just mentioned it's a, it's a balance between burnout and days not having motivation mm-hmm. because as always, I think social media and this uh, is like, okay, if you listen to your body. Right. Yeah. If you're not feeling it, don't do it. Yeah. Listen to your body. And it's like, if you're not, there's a difference between burnout and having days that we don't want to run. Mm-hmm. We all have days that we don't want to run. I don't want yeah. to train, but you need to do it. Saturday, I was so tired and I just wanted to have a nap on the couch. And we had a really busy day. Emily didn't sleep good the night before. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I think I'm going to go for a run. You know, runner's logic. I'm exhausted. Yeah. I'm going to go for yeah. a run. And I was just feeling blah and crappy. And I just went and did an 8K run on the trail by my house. And I came back and it was like someone lit a fire under me. Yeah. It's like, okay, what were we having for supper? Emily, let's go to the playground. Like I was just full of energy. Didn't need a nap at all. And so in that case, it worked. But yeah. if you were listening to your body, it's like, oh, no, yeah. I'm not going to run because I'm too tired and I have a yeah. long run tomorrow and I need to recover and I need to. You need to do what you need to have to do mm-hmm. if you trust your plan. If you have a coach that can adjust it, if you are not burning out. But uh, yeah, I'm telling this to my daughter all the time. Like, yeah. We don't do things when we feel like we need, we do the things that we need to do. Yeah. And in running, I think it's the same. And I think you just have, as runners, and the more you get into running, the more you'll figure it out. You have to know when to push it and when to hold back. Like if you get up and you're limping because your knee hurts so much. Yeah, that's okay. If fine. it's like, I don't need to listen to my body. I'm going to go for a run today. That's a bad idea. Yeah. But, and if you're like every run, like how I felt on Saturday. I don't want to run. I'm tired. If every run felt like that for like a month, exactly, there's something going on that needs to be addressed. Yeah. But so it's kind of figuring out when there's red flags and when it's a feeling that you can just be like, you know what, I'm yeah. going to run through this. I'm good. Yeah, and and you you can fix that with in two ways: one, experience, <laughs> and two, get a coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because sometimes uh, what I do sometimes it's like, okay, 
I don't, I don't want to run or I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm really tired. And we look at their resting heart rate. We look at their heart rate during the runs and it's like everything going smoothly. You yeah. just need to, to go out and run. And sometimes the resting heart rate is really up or in an easy run, their, their, their heart rate is really up. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you need to, yeah to step back a little about that. Yeah. Uh, I think your post from today was, you want to get better at running, run more. Yeah. I think that's 100% true. I, I think everybody so... was like, she's going to say strength training. And I was like, <laughs> I see so many, <laughs> I see so many people trying to find a hack. Yeah. And uh, they're doing like 30K a week for a half marathon. Yeah. Just but but I'm taking iron and I'm taking yeah. magnesium and I'm doing strength training and I'm doing yoga and I'm doing foam rolling and I'm doing blah, 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 just yeah. one more. Get the basics right first yeah, and right then more. you can address all the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I don't know if I talked too much this right. episode. No, this was good. I really wanted to dive into how you felt and if there was any regrets and how the race itself went. And I, I think listeners were eager to know too, because I did get a lot of messages being like, when are you doing oh, Diego's you. recap? No, yeah, we, have, we really appreciate all, all of our yeah. listeners and just being aware of what yeah. we do on the podcast. And I think anytime we recap a race like this, there's some learnings for people. Like I'm sure people have taken something you've said today and been like, oh, okay, in my next marathon, That's we'll a do that or we'll do That's this. why we yeah. get together every week. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, I think people, I learn things. Cool. Like if I do New York next year, yeah. I'm going to bring a lot of throwing clothes in my camping chair. And the, and the other one I think is do it with friends. I think yeah. Mike, my, our friend was there, but I don't run with my phone. So it, yeah, I went them. They they divided in in colors the athletes village. So I went to his color to to look for him. Yeah, and I was like, no, he's not there. We I found this in, in Chicago. I was sitting by myself for a long time, and I was I had my phone, but I knew that like you didn't have yours. And and uh, Will, one of our friends who runs with us with K to J, he just popped up out of nowhere, and so then we kind of hung out and chatted for a bit. It was only for like 10, 15 minutes, but it just made it feel yeah. less. And I think that's lonely. another cool thing about um, Boston. Uh, my experience was really good at Boston. Yeah. I have, we have a ton of friends there. They know it. We have friends that have run Boston 13 or 14 times yeah. in a row. So they know exactly, okay, when you get to the Athens Village, you go to the right. And in the next uh, tent, we're going to be there. Yeah. And they were there and they have a set up and that's everything. Awesome. So that's, that's really Yeah. It's good to, if I do New York, I'm going to bring Crystal with me, I'm pretty sure. Because yeah. we both qualified, so. And, we'll and communication, because I was ch chatting with Mike a lot, and he was like, but we picked our bus and ferry there at different times. Yeah. So we were not in the same. Yeah, you need to set it up ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So thanks to you very much. Uh, see you next week for another awesome episode of the Chasing Spirit. Yes. Podcast. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you love it, give it a share. Please consider subscribing to the show and leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Spotify. And visit chasingprs.run for all the latest episodes, get our free newsletter and all the cool running stuff we have there. Thanks for joining.